Feel the air fill my lungs. This is the right thing to do. The country needs to see that our democracy still works, no matter how painful this is. Breathe out, scream later. I'm standing just inside the door at the top of the steps leading down to the inaugural platform, waiting for the announcer to call Bill and me to our seats. Wait, Bill. Oh, sorry, wrong election. We're talking today about what happened in Atlanta's mayoral election, maybe not the presidential election. That's another podcast. So it happened. We had the election. Maybe you feel like Hillary right now. Maybe you're celebrating. But either way, let's talk about what happened. The results are in, and our top vote-getter was Keisha Lance Bottoms. She had 26% of the vote. After that came Mary Norwood with 21% of the vote. So Keisha and Mary will be the two in the runoff, which means that one of them will be our mayor. After that, we have Kathy Woolard, Peter Amon, Vincent Fort, Caesar Mitchell, Kwanzaa Hall, and John Eaves. So it was actually a fairly close race, and there are some different trends that I'd like to point out. So to start with, we have Keisha Lance Bottoms, who gets 26% of the vote, which is 25,000 votes. After her comes Mary Norwood with 21%, so a 5% difference with 20,000 votes. So then, coming after that, is Kathy Woolard with 17%, 16,000 votes, and Peter Amond with 11% and about almost 11,000 votes. And then after that, we have Vincent Fort, 10%, he has 9,000 votes, and then Caesar Mitchell with 9% with also about 9,000 votes. Both Kwanzaa Hall and John Eves did pretty poorly. John Eves had 1% of the vote, and then Kwanzaa Hall had 4% of the vote. So some, some interesting trends to, to note. First, we have Keisha, Mary, and Kathy were number one, two, and three, and they are all women. So our women were at the top of the pack out of all 13, which I think is pretty exciting. But then if we look at two, three, and four, we have Mary Norwood, Kathy Woolard, and Peter Amon, and those were our three white candidates and together they were second, third, and fourth. Uh, I think it's interesting to talk about how some people think that Kathy Woolard and Peter Amon ran on pretty similar platforms, and together they had about 27,000 votes, which is about 28% of the vote. So this is making a pretty big assumption, but if one of them had dropped out or one of them wasn't running and maybe a lot of their base had backed the other one, then it is possible that we could have seen a different result. But it looks like the vote got split between not only our three white candidates, but then like the slew of other candidates as well, which leaves us with Keisha Lance Bottoms and Mary Norwood as our top two in the runoff. I think it's really interesting that Caesar Mitchell only pulled 9,000 votes out of the total 96,000 votes almost 97,000 votes, and he only got 9,000 votes. He only got 9%. I think, as we talked about in the last episode, he seemed to be a pretty early leader. I think people really thought that he was going to go far. He had waited his time. It was his turn to be mayor, and I think that that's probably how he came into the race as well. But then not only 
was he competing with 12 other people, but he had Kasim Reed attacking him at every turn. So we see that Kasim Reed's favorite candidate, Keisha Lance Bottoms, rises to the top, whereas uh, the person that he's attacked the most really only gets 9,000 9, votes, only gets 9% of the vote. So there's also an interesting map of the votes, and we can see it is pretty clearly divided uh, by sections of the city. So the West, and especially the Southwest, really all went to Keisha Lance Bottoms. So she got most of the vote in the West and in the Southwest and in South Atlanta. And in most of the districts, she got at least 50%, if not more. Some, it was a little bit closer. But the other candidates who got pretty large chunk of votes in the West and Southwest were both Vincent Fort and Cesar Mitchell. So those three did the best in the Southwest with Keisha getting um, obviously a majority of the votes down there. I think in Caesar's district, he definitely did better, but for the most part, it was Keisha who, who really got a lot of the votes. So then on the east side of Atlanta, it was really Kathy Woolard who pulled in most of the votes. What's interesting is Kathy Woolard had a pretty strong stance on the east side, but then Peter Amon also did as well. With neither Mary nor Keisha doing well on the east side of Atlanta, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the runoff and how, how the voters turn out over there and if they choose to vote again. And then we go up north to Buckhead, and this is where Mary got most of her support. So in most of the districts in Buckhead, um, Mary Norwood is getting around 50% of the vote, with some of the other votes going to Peter Amon and then scattered among some other candidates. But Buckhead was definitely where Mary Norwood got her support, and as we know, that's where she's from and, and where her base is. We do see Keisha Lance Bottoms getting a little bit, um, but it's, it's mostly Mary Norwood and a lot of Peter Amon. Um, Kathy Woolard didn't get a ton of support in Buckhead even though she, she did come in third. So there's a pretty clear divide between these different sections of Atlanta. And so the AJC pointed this out, but I'll, I'll be interested too to know what happens to Kathy Woolard's supporters and if um, they do choose to even vote again or if they choose just to let this one go and, and see what happens. So that's another, another story that we'll be interested in and we'll be following is what happens with the other candidates and if they end up supporting anyone. So I'll keep you posted on how the other candidates use their influence. I think a lot of the candidates did take some time to point out that a lot of Keisha Lance Bottom's money was coming in a way that wasn't ethical and, you know, maybe not necessarily pointing out the shell companies. I know Vincent Fort really took some issues with Keisha on uh, her water bill and then a lot of her campaign finances. So I, I'm doubtful that he'll throw his support behind Keisha Lance Bottoms, but I, I am really curious to see what he does decide to do. Similar with Kathy Woolard and Peter Amon, I think that both of them have a lot of support in the city, so it'll be interesting to see what their voters do. For a while, people were talking about Mary Norwood's voters in 2009 were going to Peter Amon, so it's a question is if they will go back to Mary Norwood and if they will even feel strongly enough to vote in the runoff. 
So again, I'll keep you posted. As far as turnout goes, as we said earlier, about 97,000 people came out to vote. Um, so there are 315,000 who are actively registered to vote. About 97,000 came out to vote, which means that there was a 31% turnout of registered voters, which, sadly enough, 31% of registered voters making the choice to vote in a municipal election is actually pretty good. Yay for those of you who went and voted. Thank you for participating in your civic duty. You are in the strong 31%. So then let's look at 2009. So this is when Kasim Reed and Mary Norwood ran against each other. And this these are stats from um, that first, that primary election. 72,000 people came out to vote, which means that this year, 23% more people came out to vote than eight years ago. So another interesting thing, another interesting comparison between eight years ago and this year is that this year, Keisha had 26% of the vote, Mary had 21% of the vote. Eight years ago, Kasim Reed had 36% of the vote, and Mary Norwood had 46% of the vote. So Mary Norwood almost was so close to having 50% of the vote, and then Kasim Reed had about 36% of the vote. So there's a lot lower percentages from the top two women here, and I think we, we see that because the race is, not only it's, is it so wide, but with so many candidates and so many different thoughts and opinions and goals and ideas for Atlanta, it's not surprising that Keisha and Mary had such a low percentage. So eight years ago in the municipal election, in the first election, not the runoff, Mary Norwood had about 33,000 votes. So this year, she just had 20,000 votes. So then Peter Amon came in with about 11,000 votes. So we can't totally assume, but it's possible that he took some of the vote from Mary Norwood. So if all of his voters had gone to Mary Norwood, it would have been about 30,000 or 31,000 votes, which is closer to what she had eight years ago. Although we can say for sure that all of his supporters came from former Mary Norwood supporters, or even that they, if they did, that they would go back to supporting her again. But we do see maybe that's possibly where, where some of her supporters went. Similarly, it's possible that they could have gone to Kathy Woolard or have found another candidate that they liked, or maybe they just didn't turn out this year. But this was definitely a very divided race. So it'll be interesting to follow these next four weeks and see how our top two candidates draw from other candidates' supporters to see what happens in the runoff. With one more election day, there are sure to be plenty more events. They'll be posted at atlshowdown.com events as they become public. Just as we have winners, 
we also have losers. So, I've decided to let you know who is a graceful loser and who is not. So, we'll start with Kwanzaa Hall. He has not said a peep about the election. I've heard nothing from him. I'm slightly disappointed, but it's okay. Then we have Vincent Fort, Peter Amon, and Caesar Mitchell. Each of them either posted something on Facebook or on their website or sent an email that essentially said, thank you for sticking with me. We tried so hard. You are so important to me. Atlanta is so important to me. Um, they reiterated their platform a little bit, what's important to them about Atlanta. And then they said, we're still here. We're still supportive. As far as what I think is the best response actually comes from one of our biggest losers. It was John Eaves. So he wrote this email and he said, last night, the people of Atlanta gave us a choice from two women to lead our great city the next four years. My effort and my team's effort to be Atlanta's next mayor fell short of the finish line, but not short of our belief that we can still serve. He says, you know, make no mistake, this campaign was a fierce competition. And then he says, now we must look at the two nominees and choose one that will lead us to a new day, a corrupt free Atlanta. I will, of course, offer my partnership to whoever becomes our next mayor so that the great ideas of this campaign may be embraced and help usher in a new prosperous Atlanta. So what stood out to me in his letter is that he acknowledged not only the two candidates who made the runoff, but also that they were mayor and saying that this is your choice, this is what you decided, and I'm going to try to partner and be supportive. So then a little bit of going along with that, he says, so that the great ideas of this campaign may be embraced and help usher in a new and prosperous Atlanta. So it was actually Kathy Woolard who had a pretty similar statement, which I think is <laughs> very confident. She says, we may not have won this election, but we changed the conversation about this city's destiny. And really that was the most important thing all along, the ideas. And then she goes on to say, I can say with confidence that our ideas won and you can bet our next mayor will be borrowing from our blueprints which is definitely a pretty bold statement. Um, I, I do think it, it does sound a little confident, but what actually is, is interesting and um, is true is that during the Center for Civic Innovation's mayoral forum, the question was asked of the candidates, if you could choose a vice mayor, which one would you choose? And almost everyone said Kathy Woolard. A few of them said Cesar Mitchell, but everyone else said Kathy Woolard. So I, I do think it is true that the candidates appreciated her, but it, just an interesting interesting way to phrase that, and that was how she, she closed out her letter. I, I think it is true, though. We all want what's best for Atlanta, and so that is some sense of hope. And then as far as our least graceful loser goes, and maybe we should cut him some slack because he is the youngest in this race. It was someone who was probably way overconfident. He, he tweeted out, this is Rohit, he tweets, looks like neglecting your constituents and absolute corruption is how you win an election. Now I know for next time. 
So maybe not the most graceful loser, but he still has some things to learn. And then I guess we can always talk about graceful winners. So Mary Norwood had a celebration party in Buckhead, of course, but she went home and told everyone to go home before the election was called. It was around 11 p.m. She said, go home, go to sleep, we're doing well, we're in a good position going into the runoff, hasn't been called yet, but she's 65. Her supporters are old, they need their rest. I mean, it's true, I would go home at 11 p.m. too. So then Keisha Lance Bottoms um, stayed around for her celebration party and guess who? Kasim Reed, of course, came out and introduced Keisha as the 60th mayor of Atlanta. And she said, I don't take the responsibility of being the 60th mayor of this city lightly. Um, I would like to point out that she's not the 60th mayor. Uh, there's still one more election before that happens. But, you know, that is her, her winning strategy. And that is how Keisha Lance Bottoms wins, or at least, you know, advances to the next round by saying that she's won. So, so she ends up hanging with her supporters and celebrating and imagining as if she is already the mayor. And she, of course, brings up her stories about how she's reminded of her grandfather. And, and she says, I stand here with the blood of slaves and slave owners running through my veins. And I look at each of you and I'm reminded of what's possible in this city. So she sticks with her narrative. She sticks with her stories. And then she actually says that she is a stronger woman for spending the past year with the other candidates and with her competitors. So an interesting tactic um, instead of going to bed, she claims that she's won, essentially. So we've got graceful winners, we've got graceful losers, and we've got those with slightly less class. Maybe they'll learn next time. And that's our episode this week. Thanks so much for sticking with me through part one of Atlanta's mayoral race drama. I will be here all the way through the runoff to share with you scandals, drama, gossip, politics, and more. Tune in next week where we'll either do a little bit deeper dive into the results depending on what stats come out from the Secretary of State's office or we'll talk about race in the race. You knew it had to come up. All right, that's our show for today. I'll see you next week.